1: Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance is a COB, all the stuff you need to know in, uh, about the day in business and markets. I'm Juliette Sali. And I'm Daniela Cooier. All right, Danny, let's have a look at where the market is ending up on a day where um, we kind of ended where we started, but we did see that pick up around one o'clock. And that was pretty much where when the China data was released, which we'll get to in a moment, but only finishing up by about two tenths of one percent there on the SIBO 200 index.
0: Yeah, it looks about the same on the ASX 200. That's up just over 12 points, or 0.18%, exactly the same. So there we go. And um, it was
1: a beat when it comes from China. It's always really interesting, this data, because particularly as we get towards the end of the year, it's interesting how they seem to always just get towards (laughs) that 5% uh, target. But 4.9% in July to September from the year earlier, when you just look at the quarter on quarter, I think it was a gain of around 1.3%, still though a beat. And that was why we saw that pickup coming through in the market around that one o'clock time frame and a little bit of a pickup in the Aussie too. And we also had before that data, Michelle Bullock speaking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, just reading what she was saying at the fireside chat, I mean, it seems to me, yes, we are data dependent. Obviously, we have labour figures out this week and the big CPI for September quarter on October the 25th. But it just seems like we have to be aware that the RBA may well lift again. Mm. Um, it's interesting chatting to Martin Lakos from Macquarie, they've now actually factored that out. Really? Yes, which I thought was really interesting. So they, they don't see a hike? Yeah, they don't see another hike. They've wow. actually brought down um, sort of the, the terminal rate from four spot three, five to where it is currently. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean mm. that, you know, but uh, The market's not looking for them to hike in November, but it is discounting a hike by March next quarter. But who knows what will happen by then? There's a lot of water to come under the bridge, isn't there, Jules?
1: Indeed, there is. Um, The other interesting factor was, you know, this potential merger in uh, the media industry. I mean, these are small caps when you look at the likes of Southern Cross, but huge when you look at the reach of these radio stations. And it does really seem that this is coming at the same time that there was already already a bit of a, a talent war for two of their key uh, presenters, of course, Jackie Owen, Kyle Sanderlands, oh, right. there's something like a $200 million 10-year deal wow. on the on the table here, according to re- reports. So uh, ARN had already taken a now near 15% uh, stake in Southern Cross, and now, of course, they've been taking this uh, takeover bid worth about $143 billion. So that was one story we were watching there, kiss-tempting ARN. And I'm going to
0: say, video didn't kill the radio star.
1: No, no, those those two have always you, been at the top of the just, game.
0: Just I'm not sure I guess sitting here in the studio is old enough to remember that song. But anyway, <laughs> I just make the point well, that narratives sometimes go awry. Um, <laughs>
1: We can get to William in a second, but he should watch uh, The Wedding Singer because that is such a great, have you seen that movie with Adam Sandler? Yeah, I have, but I and don't remember well, they, they, he Did has, they seen yeah, Video, Kill Video Kill the Kills, radio. Kills the Radio Star? And there we go. It's brought that song back to um, a lot of the youth, shall we say. <laughs> All right, let's move on and look at some of these stocks because Southern Cross Media did rally 18 and percent after it received that takeover offer, finishing up by about 18% from ARN and Anchorage and it values the target at 94 cents a share. So so finishing there at 86 cents.
0: And AMP has posted its Q3 uh, calendar operations. operations update, showing the company has exited the third quarter, standing albeit somewhat bruised.
1: We also had, of course, the impact on Whitehaven Coal, the BHP update as well, and
0: Credit Corp, ending there down by
1: 30.4%. Yeah, so basically
0: they bought a debt book in the US and they've had to write it down. So there's been a substantial downgrade in earnings from uh, credit corp mm. yeah that's that is absolutely mm. bruising because i spoke to the ceo only a few weeks ago um post the earnings so uh yeah clearly shareholders won't be too happy with what that was, one
1: what was the story with auto i'm not sure i know that one but it was no, down 4.4 percent i also yeah. wanted to touch on Setire because that was really interesting they saw their revenue uh
0: double today mm. And uh, yes, the stock of the day was a satire. So let's check in and see what our guests had to say. The business model still works. Uh, The numbers are big in terms of percentages, but I can't really get that excited. Um, It's a hold from me uh, at the moment. Um, I think the market reaction today probably says it all and volumes are low and we have seen Dean Mintz um, sell some shares yep. um, not that long ago.
2: I can't remember when, but it wasn't that long ago, so um, clearly that LVM share price down 23% over the last six months. So there's certainly some trouble brewing in that sort of high end space. If you look at the actual numbers, they've got about a 59% return on equity, which is outstanding, but their profit margin, as you would expect with a retailer, is only about 3.6%. So there's not a lot of wiggle room there. In the if they're left holding inventory and things go bad then there's potentially some real issues there so it's 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 an okay business um and as i said ROE stands up but it's a hold
1: well welcome to the COB William Symes from Macro Capital who just told us he does know the song (laughs) video killed the radio star yes come back. Um, (laughs) He's giving me a shaky (laughs) head. Sorry about that, Will.
2: It's fine. We'll let that one slide. We'll
1: let that one slide. Um, Tell us what you thought about the China data.
2: Look, it was strong data um, and I think it really adds to the additional stimulus measures that we've seen out of China recently. Um, Obviously, they're trying to tread a pretty fine line between providing ample liquidity uh, and then also balancing against the risk of the Yuan selling off further with this higher for longer story out of the US. So, already cut the MLF. MLF rate twice this year, but then injected another 289 billion yuan into the system um, to provide, I guess, additional liquidity for the banking system. And so I think that'll be quite strongest for them. It's the biggest net injection they've had for nearly three years at this point in time. And authorities have mandated that local governments need to spend the money from those bond issuances inside of the next month. So should be quite a big positive impact for stimulus that we haven't yet seen. so markets are still quite cautious about whether the economy is actually going to recover from here. But ultimately, we've seen a lot of institutions come out and actually raise their targets for China. So I think that there are still issues in the space. But ultimately, it does look like it is improving, particularly with the manufacturing data recently and then the industrial figures out today. So an area that we are looking at a little bit more so now that some of the uncertainty has cleared up. Um, the other thing today was a report out of World Steel, um, which indicated that they anticipate the uh, Chinese property crisis to probably abate towards the latter end of the year, and they're expecting steel demand to grow by about 2% for 2023, and that's likely to continue into 2024. Um, if these continuing stimulus measures um, do keep going through. Um, So definitely an area that we're looking at potentially gaining a little bit of exposure to. Um, Rio's report yesterday reasonably muted um, from investors, but they did say that they saw iron ore remaining in that $100, $130 vicinity over the next six months. Uh, And if we do see these stimulus measures continuing to roll out, I think it's likely to push to the upper bound of that range uh, and provide uh, a bit of support for some of the miners domestically.
0: Mm, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we were chatting um, for literally weeks about, mm. you know, why is the iron ore price so firm? Mm. And, you know, the narrative was, you know, China's reopening is not so great. But yet again, they seem to be managing it probably better the, than sort of us on the outside looking in. So, Absolutely. yeah, what would your sort of preference be amongst the miners at this stage, That's Well.
2: Uh, Look, I think that they're all reasonably similar in their exposure. Fortescue's had a nice run recently. Um, Mineral Resources is definitely struggling. Um, I think that's largely due to the pretty heavy exposure towards lithium. Um, But look, I I like all the miners um, as longer term investments. Um, The top three are all quite high yielding positions. Um, BHP's had a strong rally. We've got some BHP exposure through a a put strategy that we've got at the moment. So probably some BHP.
1: Mm. Let's talk about Liontown. I mean, you would expect if somebody walks away from a $6.6 billion takeover, that is a huge ouch. They've asked for their trading hold to be extended. Mm. What does it mean for them? They're going to have to try and, you know, really raise some significant capital now.
2: Look, it's definitely a, a tricky situation. I mean, it's been a very lengthy process. The first offer was back in October. Last year Mm. at 220, upped it three or four times to um, $3 most recently. And then Gina Reinhart's kind of put a spanner in the works Mm. there. Um, So a a slight reference to her and Albemarle's statement on Monday. Um, But realistically, I think that shareholders are probably in for a bit of pain from here. Mm. Uh, I mean, the stock is trading 160 prior to the first offer. Most recent trade was 279 prior to the trading halt, so it's yeah. rallied 74 odd percent. Um, and so, I think that realistically, they're going to struggle to find the fund funding in a quick time frame. But then, also with the takeover having been pulled, I think that we're going to see a fair bit of downside for the stock quite quickly. Mm. Um, I mean, you look at Tyro recently. Um, when their takeover offer got pulled, they dropped by something like 40% um, over three weeks and got absolutely rinsed. And there hasn't been a whole lot of positive sentiment flowing back into the stock yet either. So typically what we look to do when there are these takeover offers is that we look to um, trim into it um, because once the stock gets a few percent away from the takeover price, you're not playing for much more reward, but you're taking on a huge amount of risk. Um, and so typically we'll look to trim take over offers. Um, but yeah, I think it's unfortunate for shareholders and I think there'll be a fair bit of downside from here.
0: Do you have any thoughts on Whitehaven buying BHP's coal assets? I know there's an activist investor that's not too happy about it over in the UK, um, but Whitehaven has been particularly keen on putting their hand up
2: Mm. Well, I mean, there are a number of bidders for it. Whitehaven's won out and they've obviously rallied quite a lot um, on the day on the back of it. So I think it'll be quite positive for them. Um, we actually put a recommendation out of them last week or so. So doing reasonably well on that one. But I think ultimately it'd be good for them. Um, there's obviously activist investors um, against it. But realistically, I think everyone's getting a little bit ahead of um, the time frame with this net zero thing. Um, we're going to need coal and other energy sources for a lot longer than what people are, are trying to price in.
1: Mm, yeah, seven years. Yeah. I think we're going to make it. All right, William, yeah. thank you. William Symes from Macro Capital with us. Here on the cob, let's take a look at the market leaders for the day. And Whitehaven Coal, as we were just talking
0: isn't about, that an interesting reaction. Very happy campers there. The stock up by almost twelve yeah. percent. I wouldn't have picked that one. Uh, Capricorn Metals also higher,
1: up six percent. Treasury Wine Estate, that's continuing on that China theme, isn't it? Up by five point four percent. And uh, looking at some of the laggards, Danny
0: Yes, and Credit Corp, obviously uh, for poor shareholders, taking the top pole position down a bruising thirty percent, but it was a very hefty downgrade. Babcock continuing to fall uh, post the AGM with uh, downgrading of expectations. There, Sierra Resources off by six percent, and looks like the profit taking came into Hub Twenty Four yeah. after they had uh, those good quarterly inflow numbers yesterday. But it had reached an all time high, and Cromwell property under some selling pressure.
1: I think we've got the small caps as well. Uh, lithium Power, well, Southern oh, Cross Media, we were talking there. Yeah, but Absolutely. Lithium up 28%. Southern Cross Media on that takeover bid. So it's valuing, I think, as we were saying, about $0.94 cents a share when you look at the share placement and the cash offer. They closed up by 18%. $0.86. Cents. Maine Pharma also had uh, some news out today that was to the upside. I think that was a broker upgrade as well. For right. Maine. Yeah, okay. so I up by
0: 12%. And uh, down to the downside for the small caps. Apps. And Victus Energy looks like that's down 10%, Strickland Metals off by 8%, 4D memory, which does seem to um, pop on and off these uh, you know, leaders and laggards for the small caps. That's off 8% and Smart Pay down 7%. But let's check in and see what is happening overnight. Actually, we might already, maybe not with the time changes, I was going to say, we might have had the UK CPI and PPI out, but because of the time changes, we haven't had that yet. You Eurozone, CPI for September. So those figures will I think will be quite interesting. Mm. US Fed Beige Book, uh, and I do know some economists absolutely trawl through that. I couldn't think of anything worse. And US Housing Starts, which probably it'll be interesting to see because the housing market in the US is one that has been deeply impacted. Uh,
1: yep. Yeah. And uh, looking ahead tomorrow, jobs, 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 that unemployment data that oh, always seems like yes. it's throwing a dartboard or throwing a, what do you call it, throwing a? At at the board. Board. Exactly. Um, so for September and of course a now business confidence survey as well. We also got a bit of data out of Japan with the trade balance, and then a
0: number of AGMs coming yeah, through. Yeah, busy, busy, busy. The ASX was one that uh, Rachel Waterhouse from the ASA talking about, and uh, also Endeavours coming up as well. So uh, yeah, I'm sure shareholders um, definitely have a few things to say at the moment, so they could be quite interesting shareholders. <laughs>
1: Right, Looking at the closes, we have definitely finished out the day's trade and, you know, pretty unchanged
0: from where yeah. we started. With ASX 200, just up a peak more at 21.5 points oh, or three it? tenths of a percent. Oh, yeah. well, that's doing a lot better than the S&P 200. 200. Yes, so. we're not quite sure how that calculation's come by, but looks like the markets did pick up towards the close this afternoon. And uh, as we mentioned, Whitehaven among
1: the the front runners and over the last five days, ASX 200 up by half of 1%. All right, that does it for today. And, of course, so much happening tomorrow. We'll be back with all of those details from early
0: tomorrow. Have a great evening.